people out there in podcast land my name is paul workman i am zach mccoy and i am your boy trav and we are your oscar grouches and welcome back to the oscar podcast thursday show acting direct where we take a look at the filmographies of oscar winning actors have taken their turns behind the camera and what film are we watching this week zach Ooh, we're back with another sally field directed film beautiful from 2000 a young woman chases her dreams of becoming Miss American Miss, missing some important things along the way. Excellent. This is everybody's first time seeing Beautiful. Oh, yeah. This film, yes. Yes. Uh, so, Oscar Firsties. Hooray. You know, I, I only now realize that we should have... Uh, very stupidly subtitled each of the directing miniseries we did because I feel like this miniseries should have been called playing the field um, playing well, the field. You know, it's not too late for me to <laughs> put that on social media. So playing the field. I want to play with my fields. Um, oh man. Sure. And, the, and the George Clooney miniseries could have been called Rosemary's baby. <laughs> Good. Yeah, I'm so mad at myself. Don't be too uh, harsh on yourself, there, buddy. No, I'm. I'm gonna beat myself up for the rest of the night. I won't get any sleep. Gonna beat it. I'll. I'll be tired when I go drive my truck in the morning, and I'll crash into something and die knowing that I failed this podcast. Beat I, it. No. No. Now. <laughs> anyway. Um. So. There is no Oscar breakdown, so uh, we could just talk about Beautiful from 2000. Ooh, let's talk about it. Hmm. I think this film is very sweet. It is sweet. I like its ideas. Um, <laughs> I like the, the fact that it's a playful takedown of the Miss America pageant, um, which you don't, you don't necessarily always realize until maybe halfway through the film. Um, cause it does kind of like make you feel like it, it's an, it's a goal worth achieving or something. Right. Uh, yeah, it's got some decent performances. It's pretty funny at times. Um, Joey Lawrence Adams and Haley Eisenberg, especially are, you know, I'm, Haley yells a little bit more maybe than I'd put that in the writing more than her. She's, she's wonderful. Um, Mini Driver's character is a little weird, but I'm sure she's written that way too. So, yeah, I I, I liked it. It's got plot problems, but I liked it. Yeah, I'm with you. I don't think it's great, but you know, I liked it. Um, Mini Driver's perfect. Uh, uh, she's perfect to look at too. Uh huh. <laughs> she's perfect to look at too. She's just the best. I always feel like Joey Lauren Adams is uh criminally underrated and should be in more 
ha- mm. always has been. Like yeah. the fact that chasing Amy is as good as it is is a lot on her. Yes. Mm-hmm. I've always just loved her voice, mm. and you know she's very cute, and I think she's a unique talent that uh, should be known than just Big Daddy and Kevin Smith movies. True. Yeah. I agree. Mm-hmm. Though, if the one thing that Kevin Smith's really bad modern output it has done right was bringing her back for some guest spots. Well, I'll never deny Kevin Smith's ability to see talent. Yeah. But, you know, guy kind of goes out the window when he keeps putting his daughter and everything because she <laughs> is dreadful. She is <laughs> god-awful and everything. And I don't want her to be, but... She just is. I mean, it just is what it is. She sucks. <laughs> yeah. I mean... <laughs> she sounds reason. like an awesome person when I see her in interviews. Very she's, fun, bubbly, it's, but she's just not a good actress. It is what it, it is. It's the Tom Holland problem. You seem like a great person <laughs> and yeah. someone I would love to be around. I just don't want to see you in movies. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. <sighs> so, yeah. Uh, yeah, talk about it, Zach. Talk about it. I, um, it feels like a quintessential kind of late 90s film. I mean, I know it came out in 2000, but it's just, yeah, no, it's, I mean, right it's shot there. 99, so yeah. Um, it's got all it hits all those kind of beats and the way it's filmed and the music and right and the acting and, um, uh, like my feelings mostly develop towards the end of the film. So it's, I kind of just go right there when I talk about it. I think, yeah. uh, I was, I was less warm on the movie until we got to the end. And one of my favorite parts of the movie are when, um, Mona and miss Texas are like in the box. Oh yeah. It was a good and, scene. She, and she's like, tell me that you did all these things or whatever. And Miss Texas says, what does it, what difference does it make? Mm-hmm. Like everybody's just putting on a show. Um, and you don't really know that until you get to that point. And maybe those people were, I mean, obviously they're very talented with what they're doing on stage and stuff, but all the other stuff, everybody's just faking it and trying to, trying to win. And then, you know, like at what cost, what cost of their humanity and what are they missing out on in life? Because they're so obsessed over this. Right. And um <laughs> and then, you know, when she when she gets up there and says, uh, that's my daughter, and she goes off and they <laughs> the one person gets up and starts the slow clap. <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> Love a good slow play. clap. And then the it, fact <laughs> that that was a rule is just crazy to me. Is I why is that a rule? And why does it matter? You know what I mean? It, it's it's a real out dated rule because you know miss america's been around for a long long time so if you're trying to in i i don't know what year it started but in the 50s or 60s if you're trying to push miss america's the ideal woman you can't can't have have a child out of wedlock would you unwed mother yeah it it it's so scandalous oh okay i took it as they just couldn't have a child not a child out of wedlock well, you, you, you also, I, I don't know if they the have a Mrs. America. America. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Beauty, beauty pageants are 
aren't my world and I've never paid a single bit of attention to any of them. Yeah, I literally know nothing about them, so. Yeah. Like it's basically, you know, like what Paul said, you know, they they want the ideal single young woman who hasn't been quote unquote soiled by whatever life, you know, she she hasn't committed the, the the act of having a child and not be married. And if you're married, then you can't be miss. So whatever it's. I've really never paid attention to the miss and misses, mm-hmm. you know, USA Part. things. So I didn't even realize that there was a Mrs. USA for married women or could be potentially, uh, you know, I mean, I don't know, but yeah, right. I never hyper fixated on miss being single mm-hmm. woman, not married. It's just it's just a world I'm not familiar with, so I don't know any of the rules, and uh, I I have always known at least the one rule that you cannot have a child. Hmm. Um, yeah. So I also like a lot of the cuts to the the different people who are watching it, and just their sudden um, statements like, "Well, she's making a statement about the difficulties women face in a patriarchal society." It's like. I I found that funny. It's like you know, awesome, good, but it's also like kind of the commentary on what people take away from any kind of gesture or or statement a person on TV or a celebrity makes. Right, it's like a lot of it's what you want to see. Mm-hmm. Right, you you kind of project yourself into these situations, but like that that one shot of the woman sitting there watching the pageant with like the seven little girls. Mm-hmm. And she's like calling the the hotline and like weeping. Right, it got yeah. me. It got me. Yeah. Uh, I it was so saccharine and sentimental, and I just it, I fell for it. <laughs> just went right into the trap. Yeah, yeah. That's one thing I will say about this film. Emotionally, did nothing for me. Um, I I had no emotional connection to anything going on in the film. So you know. They weren't they weren't able to trap your boy <laughs> in the webs. Yeah. I feel like that that was like the crux of the movie, but it, they didn't hit it like they should. Like um like the ideas are there and sometimes even the dialogue is there, but it's just not I don't know, it's just not done quite uh, right. I, I I think it's the plot that's supposed to get you there because you you watch this character deny her own flesh and blood mm-hmm. uh, for seven years, and in in pursuit of this, this is a really interesting film that we've watched against Soul because they have so much in common mm. mm-hmm. that yeah that you you miss out on life while you're hyper fixating on the wrong things and while that can be a goal in your life it shouldn't be your life Mm -hmm. uh it's 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 really interesting that this just kind of fell this way and i i didn't even like i put these movies together on the schedule and i didn't even think about this (laughs) what was it she they brought up was it the romanian orphans that uh they talked about the pomeranian orphans (laughs) yeah i didn't understand that whole joke or what she was trying to say, but said the wrong thing, apparently, or yeah, we're laughing at her. Her daughter's character beforehand, she hadn't she just like in the couple scenes before that brought up those Romanian orphans that don't know love or whatever because they weren't embraced as babies. And yeah, was- and I think it, 
I, I think it goes to the fact that, you know, there's so much put on these women that they, they don't pay attention to the world around them or really even like, you know, you always get that question, like at the end for them, what would you do in the case of world peace? Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they just have to, they just have to make up some bullshit. Like there's the, that video that was going around for a while, that that one beauty pageant contestant who started talking about children not having books in Africa or whatever the fuck she was talking about. Is that Miss South Carolina or something? Yeah, some dumb. They don't have maps? or (laughs) Yeah, that's what it was. (laughs) They don't even have maps. Like, why? Why is this a thing? So anyway. um, Especially since it's a beauty pageant. And I felt like when they asked her her question, like, what was your... Well, they ask her what's your her best quality or whatever. Mm-hmm. That's more of a question I feel like would be asked at a beauty pageant, not right. anything about world peace or hunger yeah. or and it, like, dude, it's a beauty pageant, dude. Like, I find it very funny that these the questions you're asking, yeah, these and I, ladies. Yeah, and I understand because it's for a scholarship, so th- you you want this like woman to be well rounded, or at least you pretend you want this woman to be round well rounded because. Yeah. That's not how women are treated in our society. So let's yeah. be honest with ourselves. Again, I I don't really keep up with uh, beauty pageants, but I I you know Miss America specifically has been held back a lot by um, a former unnamed president who kind of ran things and didn't allow it to get with the times. But I think there are a couple things that they're doing better these days where they do encompass more of a humanity and less focus on the actual beauty and the physical um tricks and things you can do um caitlin and i both follow miss new york on tiktok and she is uh hilarious and amazing check her out i can't remember her name right now unfortunately but um she she is the type of person i think they really reflects positively with this whole miss america thing which they do they've always said it's the prime, the premier scholarship opportunity for uh, the empowerment of women is how is is what they say. Right. But it's it's not always reflected that, especially as it's presented um, the type of thing that's presented in this movie, and it's made that way on purpose because it's poking fun at it. Right, but also like the money you spend on these pageants, you could just give out more scholarships. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Why would you do that though? Yeah, why? Why would you do something that would actually change people's lives? People don't do that, Paul. Exactly. <sighs> Shout out to Miss Texas, though. She was awesome with her ventriloquist dummy. <laughs> <laughs> hey, also, shout out to Miss Idaho. Yeah. Uh, Think back to Miss Idaho. I was also a big fan of Miss Tennessee because she was Claire on 90210. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I love to know who's the lady that plays the newscaster. Oh, I recognized her. The dra- yeah, I know she. She's in a specific movie, and she always plays a bitch. She <laughs> just kind of has that face. Mm-hmm. And I can't remember what movie specifically. I'm gonna look it up. I know uh, her from Joyce Leslie Stephenson. Uh, she was in Glass. She was in. 
but archival footage from I feel like this is like an older movie I'm thinking of because I definitely don't remember her. She was in Flubber. <laughs> she was in The General's Daughter. She was the, uh, a waitress and as good as it gets. Yeah, I have no idea. Oh, shit. Yeah, she's not she's not in a bunch. She she acted mm. like the bulk of her career is from 97 to 2003. Maybe yeah. she looks like somebody else. Cuz there's her That's all I'm thinking. There's something. Yeah, cuz she pretty much hasn't made anything since 2003, so. Yeah, and uh she was is married to James Spader. Wow. Uh, wow. Uh, <laughs> okay. There you go. Is she a natural redhead? Oh, there you go. Okay. <laughs> anyway, Zach's new favorite actress. <laughs> With her burnt up hand. <laughs> but yeah, I think this movie is trying to say something, but you know, I just I don't really there's no characters that I really fall in love with. Um even the kid, it's kinda I don't know if I I don't want to say I don't feel sorry for her. But the kid's kind of bratty, too, so it's real hard to sympathize. Like, you sympathize with her, but she's such a damn brat, you know? It's hard <laughs> to... I, I do kind of like that because uh, Mona, Mini Driver's character, is so unlikable. So oh, yeah, they kind of give this, like, nature versus nurture. Like, she's very nurtured, but she, no matter... If she knows that that's her mother, she is her mother's daughter. Yeah. And she becomes less of a brat towards, you know, the last act of the movie as, as she kind of learns more about Mona. And I think that's nice. But, yeah, I don't necessarily feel sorry for her either because she's always had Ruby as a good mother figure in her life. It doesn't seem like she was lacking. Um, exactly. But, but when, uh, you know, Mona misses her, makes her late for soccer constantly, like, I'd be pissed too. Yeah, yeah. Also, I thought that whole arrest thing because they think that she accidentally overdosed. I thought that was a uh, we could have came up with something better. Yeah, that was a I real bad. That was a real bad plot convenience. They're very, very bad. What is it called? Plot convenience. Yeah, like yeah, one of those. Is it MacGuffin. We, we, yeah. No, no MacGuffin. Something you search for. Um, yeah, that's right. This is this is a, a contrivance or convenience. Like, I I yeah. find it more convenience because it's. We need this character to leave them to leave the immediate plot so that these two can spend all of their time together and we can get to the end. Yeah. So, so we Order need jail. Yeah. So we need a reason to get rid of her. And this is the convenient That's the reason that they came up with. with. Yeah. <laughs> and it's bad. It's real bad. Like you could have just had like, Oh my. I broke my leg. Yeah, this is, I I can't travel because my job needs me to stay here. But well, how uh, come? Why do they have to kill off the mom? They could have just made her sick and put her in the hospital. And there you go. Like there that you go. Takes her away from the immediate uh, beauty pageant and not being able to go versus arresting her and putting her in jail and only yeah, to release her. There's there's. There's smarter conveniences than yeah. the one that they came up with. And the it's one, the, yeah. the one plot point that I think keeps this from being much better. Yeah. The, I, there was one scene that it helped with was 
but it also could have been done differently was when they were, when Mona comes to see her and asks her to tell her what to do. And she finally, she's like, uh, I'm in jail. This is much more serious than yeah. being but you literally worried about could have your... done that with her mom being sick. I was gonna, the, the, the grandmother like, being uh, sick. Like, yeah. Hey, look, I mean, I'm sitting here with the woman who raised us and she's dying. There you go. Like get the fuck over yourself. It, it yep. works just as easily. Yep. But- Something too that bothered me was they had this scene where the stepdad's drunk and he goes in the bedroom to touch her and she uh. you know, blows up us. What was the point of that? Like that didn't even need to be in there because nothing came of it anyway. Yeah, that, so uh, that just I, whole thing didn't need to be in there. It yeah, was that, undercooked. I mean, him being a drunken slob was probably enough. I it mean, was definitely enough for you to be like, yeah, this guy's a piece of shit. Yeah. And like, him and the mother being as neglectful as they were. Yeah. I, I think, you know, the intention is that, yeah, she was just a pretty thing or whatever, but it didn't, they didn't explore that enough for it to need to be in the movie. Right. Right. And even so that we know a a grown man touching on a little girl, 99% of the time has nothing to do with whether that little girl is beautiful or not. Like, yeah. Yeah. mm -hmm. Yeah. That's yeah, no, what, no, no, no. Rape, rape is a power dynamic. So, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Strictly speaking. So yeah, about there's just the certain film. things in this movie that really stop it from going to the next level for me. But I really don't have any complaints on it's shot really nice. Um, it's got a certain charm to it. Mm-hmm. It's directed oh, yeah, it, pretty well. And it's shot by uh Robert Yeoman, who does a lot of work with um with Wes Anderson. With so. your boy. Uh-oh. So this and uh, Grand Budapest Hotel were shot by the same person. <laughs> and it's funny because this would be like a really bad Wes Anderson. Like if Wes Anderson had no talent, this would be the film that he would. Make, <laughs> you know what I mean, like it's just a very bad. Let's make a Wes Anderson film by people who don't know how to make a Wes Anderson film. I um I listened to an album today. Uh, Tell uh, us, Zach, <laughs> what album did you listen to? <laughs> okay. Uh, I don't even know how to pronounce this band's name. Uh, HMLTD is the name of the band. Maybe it's anyway. The name of the album is The Worm. It's like a progressive rock, uh, British rock opera. Oh. And, but, <laughs> um, as I was listening to it, and then I, then I was like, okay, I'm going to go to the ratings. And somebody in the comments said, this sounds like the way a Wes Anderson film feels. And I, <laughs> And I disagreed with the comments so strongly because it was not the same vibe at all. And it's just bothered me all evening. <laughs> I need to find this person and say, no, it is not twee enough. Anyway, got to get that twee in there. Sorry, now this is just weighing on my mind. It just really sucks because every time I see a Wes Anderson trailer, I'm like, oh, shit, that looks like it's going to be good. And then I watch it and I'm <laughs> just never into it. But... I don't know, man. He's, he, the, he's the, got the, his thing me in with a trailer. I'm like, damn, that look, <laughs> like Asteroid City looks fucking phenomenal, but I'm not going to be shocked when I go to watch it. And I'm like, oh, it's the same movie. I don't like every time I watch a Wes Anderson film for real. That's, so I don't know why the trailer hooked it. me again. I knew whenever I see me. whenever I see a Wes Anderson trailer, I always think this is it. This is the year. This is the year that he's going to be the number one spot in my top 20. And then Richard Linklater releases a movie. Mm. 
You son of a bitch. Yeah. Well, that's all I had to say about beautiful, I think. Uh, yeah, I, th- I, th- I think I'm good. All right, then. We are going to move on to our worsty judgments. Trav, where's this sitting on your Sally Field rankings? I definitely enjoy this a hell of a lot more than um, what's called the Christmas tree. Christmas tree. Yeah. But, you know, the, you know, this, this actually got some quality to it. I was actually really... This doesn't look like a 2000s film. It's actually very gorgeous looking. Then a lot, a lot of 2000, 1999 to 2002, 2003. It can be hit or miss with some of those films that are shot digitally and they don't age well. Um, I don't think this doesn't look like it was shot digitally. So, but this is a gorgeous looking film comparative to the Christmas tree. So, Definitely an upgrade there, but as far as overall um, acting direct, it's middle of the pack for me. Um, I don't think it sucks by any stretch, but I definitely don't think it's up there with some of my favorites that we've watched, like Fences and One Night in Miami, and every I love Tender Bar, and I really loved Unicorn Store, so it's not up there in the top, but it's middle of the pack. You know, I gave it a three stars. I don't even know if I said that. I gave it a three stars. Really, this film probably would have got more if it wasn't for some of the bad plot points and just things they did in the film that was not yeah. necessary. That would have right. taken it up a notch for me. Thank. How about yourself? Yeah, I can uh, basically parrot all of Trav's comments right down to the three star review that I gave it. Um, I had it at two and a half for a lot of the runtime. But I felt like um, the ending, especially when they really kind of went into the satire of it, uh, and and like I said, that scene with with her and Miss Texas in the box that that's like okay, I can get behind that. So it bumped it up to three stars, and um, again, the problems were with the plot points and some of the weird decisions, writing wise. But you know, it's a nice it's it's a nice inoffensive film. Um, and I have it also ranked somewhere in the middle of my pack. Yeah, I just want to say one more thing, Paul, um, that I forgot to say. I just, I really, I love, Sally feels so good. I, mm. I watched 80 for Brady again, dude. Like, I just. It's so good. It's such a good movie. <laughs> you know, and she she's so incredible in that film. And I really just would love to see more from her. Um, you know, she doesn't do anything after this. So maybe. She maybe the same reason that Jack Nicholson stopped, you know, she's like, it's not even worth it. I don't know. You know, she got an uphill mountain to climb, mm-hmm. you know, as a woman trying to direct movies. But for as good as she yeah. is, again, I just kind of, I guess I expected more from the films that we watched. Yeah. I'd like to see her do a, um, uh, a low key, like indie family drama kind of thing. Yeah. Well, Paul, Mr. Would- Workman. Yes. yes, you look like um, you're waiting for somebody to ask you. I, I was, I was just waiting for you guys to finish your thoughts. Shut up! No, I feel you. <laughs> I'm done <Yeah>. now. <laughs> Shut your damn mouths. Um, yeah i I like this film. I think it's, I think it's sweet. Uh, I'm not, I'm not going to go out of my way to defend it if somebody's like, eh, I wasn't a big fan. Right. Okay, I get that. Um, 
but as it stands, I, I think it's a, I think it's a nice film. It has a lot to say, and I think Sally Field did a, a wonderful job directing it. Mm-hmm. Uh, whether whether some beats could be excised and uh, just forgotten, besides the point, I think she she's got a good looking film with a great cast that's all putting their hearts and souls on onto the screen, and a lot of times, you know, that's all I can ask for. And uh, I think this is definitely going above the Christmas tree, which is a film I I did enjoy. <laughs> um, but uh, I just like this one more. So just going to the top of my Sally Field ranking. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it'd probably be in like the uh, just just above the middle of the pack for me from all the stuff we watched. All nice. right. Well, we're going to call it there. So Tram, let people know where they can find you on the media social. Of course, I am on the Instagrams at ZK Audio. I'm on the Twitter and the TikToks, T-R-A-V-I-O-S-C-K, where I'm also on the letterbox at the same name, ranking and rating my daily movie watches. And I've been catching up on my 2023 movies this week. Tetris was fucking awesome. Um, I Even if half of that story is true, we need more like this what a fucking journey for a video game that was absolutely incredible and air what do you say the 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 biggest knock on matt damon is that he let mini driver slip through his fingers Mm -hmm. and um yeah i watched champions the same day and i love woody harrelson and i love champions that was really really sweet film i really enjoyed that oh good that one Glad they handled the subject matter well. Well, if there's something the Fairleys do well, yeah. they've always treated the the handicapped community right very right. very well. And yeah. there's no exploitation of it. You know what I mean? It's not. I'm trying to think of a good comparison where you watch it and you're kind of like, ugh, something about that doesn't sit well. Mm-hmm. This feels mm-hmm. really organic. Yeah, right. and and honestly, like. You watch a lot of their films, they always have uh, differently able people in it. Right. And mm-hmm. like, you know, there's something about Mary, that character could be just a one note punchline throughout the entire film. And he's treated with respect and love and care. They, they've just always been good at that. They're just not good at race relations and <laughs> uh, <laughs> scenes with fried chicken. Yeah. <laughs> can't win them all, I guess. I can't win them all. Zach, where can people find you online? Find me on Critiker, Zach Master, X-A-K-K-M-A-S-T-E-R, TikTok at House Havoc, Letterboxd by searching my name. Mr. Workman? Uh, you can follow me at Shark Dressman on TikTok, where Joseph Tappy and I are covering all sorts of shark-related content. You can follow me at Father of the Fear across the platforms of Twitter and Letterboxd, where I keep a running tally of all the films I watched. And uh, today, uh, before we start recording, Oh, excuse me. Uh, before we started recording, I went and saw uh, Mafia Mama, starring Tony nice. Collette. Tony Collette is so hot. <laughs> oh, for sure. My She God. only gets hotter. She does. She just gets hotter. Mm-hmm. Like, they put her in all sorts of tight dresses in this movie, and every time they... <laughs> and it's like, so crazy, because she can... Like, she is hideous looking in her edit to your hereditary like she looks like a woman that's been through what she's been with in that movie and then 
I believe the next year was Knives Out, where she is a fucking bombshell. Bombshell. And Knives Out. Holy shit, she's so hot in that film. She's <laughs> she is a bombshell in this movie. Uh don't don't waste time. Go see Mafia Mama. It's it's not it's not the best comedy, but I laughed uh-huh. a lot. Um and uh I gotta look at Tony Collette for an hour and a half, and that's all I can ask for from anything. I was mm. gonna say anything. <laughs> anything. It's like, you know, if I'm not gonna be staring at my wife, I wanna stare at Tony Collette, and that's the, <laughs> there you that's, go. That's just my life. <laughs> A charmed life. No, semi-charmed. Semi-charmed. Doot uh, I didn't know if this was a third eye blind uh, something in the water reference that we were going here. (laughs) 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 What a random selection of folks that are on that lineup. Well, let me tell you this. Apparently, Foo Fighter tickets are already sold out for that Mm -hmm. September 19th amphitheater show. Oh, well. So your boy beat all day. I felt like I'm in high school again, trying to win tickets on FM99, bro. Trying to win tickets. There you go. You beat the 10th caller. Uh, Ninth caller, whatever they're doing. All right. Well, then, uh, Zach, what are we watching next week? Well, guess what, guys? Thursday is back. We've got personality crisis one night only a portrait of David Johansson, AKA Buster Poindexter. You can uh, check. Yeah. I'm excited about this. Um, You can find it on Paramount plus, or if you got a premium subscription to Hulu. And and Uh, we know how much I love Scorsese's rock documentaries. (laughs) I'm going to tell you right now, I'm probably going to watch the thing and I probably won't be okay. Mm. David Johansson's had a weird life. And if um, if if you've ever seen the documentary New York Doll about the bases from the New York Dolls, mm. uh, you kind of have an idea of what we're in for. Mm. So, yeah, uh, I'm I'm expecting the world of this because I love David Johansson so much. Well, I mean this this movie already it's got a hundred percent on uh, Rotten Tomatoes. So, yeah, just, you know, I'm telling you, it's probably great. <laughs> Yeah, and it's not a crazy runtime. Two hours. Sign me up. Thank yeah, so, yeah. Let's 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 do this. I'm, we'll I have mean, to partner with something. We need it at least four hours. Yeah, I was gonna say. Uh, I was gonna say if if it's David Johansson, the New York Dolls. I'm. I'll take I'll take a five hour documentary. Mm-hmm. All right. So yeah. with that, we would like to thank Trav. Hey, Trav. Thanks. Thank you. Producing our show. His podcast, Leveling Up with Benjamin Banks. We like to thank Chad Ramsey for our most excellent theme song. We like to thank Megan J. Bellevue for our beautiful artwork. You can follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at OscarsPod, not Facebook with the Oscars Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast. Leave us a nice five star review on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or Spotify. It really helps to make us seen in the almighty algorithm. The almighty algorithm. If you give us five stars, you can change the world. I change. So, for Trav and Zach. And uh, Sally Field, we're going to miss you. (laughs) We would like for you all to have a damn fine day.